Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My current state of mind dictates my past. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're kind of mashing together two topics today um, and just turning it into families in general. But one idea that um, has been presented to us by a listener was, can you talk about siblings? So there's so much to mind there, you know, the differences between brothers and sisters and sisters and sisters and twins and, and the, the weird and wonderful ways that siblings do and don't get along with each other or seem like they're all from different families but raised by the same parents and all of that, those weird and interesting sorts of the way energy plays out between brothers and sisters. The second thing is to do with how we relate to our mothers, but we could say our parents. I mean, this is a huge topic, but there was um, one or two people within the same week who said to me, could you just talk about women and their mothers? Because as I just sort of was saying to Jane earlier, on that spectrum of human behaviour with women being mothers, you either kind of get them at the end of the spectrum that's no backbone, people pleaser, low self-worth, always did what she was told, lovely lady, will give you the shirt off her back, but has no real sense of self or no real oomph. Right across to the other end of the spectrum, where some people are unfortunately raised by toxic, narcissistic, manipulative bitch mothers um, who really screw up the way that they then form free, female friendships as they grow up, who really screw up their, their self-worth and confidence as a woman and give them a lot of very bad behaviours to manage life with. So, look, there's a lot here to mine. Let's see how we go. Where do you want to start? Jane's done such an interesting affirmation. Oh, yes, I but think... I'm going to get to that in the afterwards All if right. that's okay where because that want... is fascinating. Where do you that. want to start? I want to start with every single person in your family, your parents, your grandparents, your aunties and uncles, your cousins, your siblings, every single person you chose. So our sole purpose, we write the blueprint before we incarnate into this lifetime and you have deliberately chosen that mother or those siblings and those siblings every single time. Now, the people in life that give us the greatest grief are always those closest to us. The people that trigger us the most are always those closest to us. This is not a mistake. This is the design of life. So to understand that, is to then move you into the gift of why do you have that mother? Why do you have that sister? Why do you have that brother? And my parents and my beautiful brother have been the greatest teachers in my life of who I am. They hold the mirror up. They trigger me. But they've also given rise to who I am as a woman today because of the experiences that I've had with them. And that's the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh, that's probably all I need to say there, Beck. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's important that we do start this show with that overview reminder of the soul contract idea, which is, as Jane's just so beautifully said, um, it goes a long way to explain why you do feel like sometimes you're dropped off by aliens. Like, you know, who <laughs> yes. are these people? How could I possibly be related to them? Um, and, you know, I, I might have said this before in the show, but it's I could, I could list seven, eight, nine, maybe male and females that I've met in my thirties who are in their thirties as well, highly spiritual individuals, all of whom have shut out their parents completely, completely cut ties with the family they were born into. It's like a higher part of them has said, I get it. I understand why I came. I understand why childhood happened the way it needed to happen, but I no longer choose on my journey to be part of the, of that 
continual toxicity. Now, those are extreme examples. I just wanted to throw that in as... as an, we'll just say it's okay if you're in an extreme okay. situation. It's okay to I let have, go. I, I mean, even now I know grown adult women who are struggling with having let go of their narcissistic parents because they still feel guilt. And it's like, you know... That, yeah, but that's that Hollywood thing of how it's all meant to be, isn't it? You know, the Stepford meant to whatever. Be, yeah, yeah. And, and exactly. And so it's a really hard one to, you know, particularly for those of you who are listening who are really spiritual and have always been really sensitive or really psychic or any of those sort of intuitive things and have struggled a lot with your families, either be seen or be heard or be acknowledged or be valued or be understood. And the fact that you have been different, you know, maybe your parents didn't get it at all. Maybe they weren't supportive of who you were as an individual. Maybe they tried to lump you in with everyone else maybe they always tried to compare you to your brother or your sister or you know a lot of us have had those awkward starts to life where we always felt like a square peg in a round hole because society and our families were sort of bleating one message and our whole body was resonating a different message and that's that's a hard path to walk but it's one of the greatest spiritual lessons anyone can ever take on which is learning to know thyself under very intense conditions Mm. and and gain self-worth ultimately as a result one of the things that i found really helped me to to understand the beauty of the roles of my parents played in forming who I am besides the obvious that I was very blessed to grow up with a um, you know a very comfortable family lifestyle I was given many opportunities that many children of my age weren't you know there's so many instant things I can be grateful and blessed with but understanding the deeper dynamics was understanding this I don't even know who came up with this first I've got no idea but I've read so many articles blogs heard it talked about on um, uh, podcasts heard it um, talked about in when I've gone on retreats etc and it's the concept that the firstborn child plays out the emotional story of the father The second-born child plays out the emotional story of the mother. The third-born plays out the emotional story of the parent's marriage. So, for example, if I have somebody that comes to me as a matchmaker and says, you know, do you really believe in love, Jane? Like, do you really think that there are people that are, you know, do do they really fall in love and get married and live happily? If they've got no belief in that, it's not always the case, but the first thing I'll go is, are you third-born child and are your parents divorced? And they look at me like deers in the head, like going, oh, my God, how did you know that? Now, the fourth-born child plays out the emotional story of the entire family. So that's the parents and the siblings. So the fourth-born child will usually be one of two things, the greatest people pleaser the whole entire world has ever seen or the biggest drama king or queen that the world has ever seen. Because there's so much going on. Now, if there's a fifth child, that child reverts to number one and also plays out the emotional story of the father. However, usually without a lack of, with a lack of love, because by this stage, there, is there enough to go around? Now, I know all of this can be argued, but in theory, and then sixth child plays out the mother and so on. So I found this fascinating that I was then able to look at myself. So what do I do as the firstborn? I go straight to dad. And I look at what's going on. And a lot of people will say, I'm nothing like my dad, blah, blah, blah. You've got to go deeper. You've got to go into the emotional connection of what's going on for dad. So my dad, therefore, how do I work out what's going on with him? I look at his story. So he's the third born. So he's playing out the uh, his parents' marriage. And so there, 
I can look for what what would be likely going on in his story and I can join the dots and see his life going. I see how this all connected. Therefore, I can connect it with me. I can do the same with my brother to my mother. It's a fascinating concept and I'm not going to be able to even start to give examples because there's so many um, so many options here. However, if you start to look at that, it's fascinating. Mm. And that then helps you to understand and see clearly that you were the right moment to be with those parents. I was absolutely meant to be born of my parents. Mm. And it helped me to have gratitude. So when you're going through self-development, poor old parents, they always get blamed for everything. And that's how it is. That's part of life's blueprint. And so compassion and empathy are required as you go through your self-development journey of blaming mum or blaming dad and looking at what's going on to help you to be able to navigate that and still keep a family um, compassion and love dynamic occurring and which just on a side note when my kids sort of start playing up about me I just I'm putting another hundred dollars in the therapy jar for them and they can go tell some therapist how horrible mum is (laughs) you know on a side note what's really interesting and slightly rarer but worth mentioning is when the reverse happens now most families are screwed up because why because we're all human we're all here to have lessons we're all different personalities bumping up against each other there's issues Very rarely, but every now and then I'll see someone who's actually blocked, not because one or the other parent was such a problem, but because they were so revered. So what that means is I've seen it once in a man and I've seen it once in a woman and neither of them have love lives. And one of them's in his 50s and the other woman is 37 and still a virgin. And the reason why they cannot date or ever let themselves go further in dating is because from the, from the man's point of view, he put his mother on a pedestal like a goddess and he worshipped her like Mother Mary. Nobody's ever going to live up to that. Nobody can compare. And then on the on the girl's um, perspective, her father was actually literally a hero. He was a hero. He was one of the um, Vietnamese men who led the escape of the refugees of the boat people out of the Vietnam War. He saved the lives of many, many, many people. Amazing. He was a humble Zen just innocent but you know like again a humble kind of anonymous person I'd love to meet someone like that but he he did that how's anyone ever going to hold a candle to her dad in her eyes okay but this is where you've got to get true this is the truth you've got to get real with the truth yes that's amazing but guess what He's also got his faults. He's not a human being walking this planet that doesn't have the faults. Correct. But this, and that's where you've got to get real. This is where I think past lives can play into it because she has, you know, sometimes you'll see this in a, in a person. They have such an overwhelming territorial protectiveness for a certain family member. They they become blind to that person's faults. They've just become... You almost, can be brainwashed too, though. Yes. And that it's, it's quite complicated, isn't it? You can get sh- you can shower someone with love to the point where you actually baby them. Like when you hear people say stuff like, I've always felt more like the mother and she's like the child, like the mother and child thing is flipped. And of course, in past lives, it probably means you have been the mother and she was your child. But in this lifetime, it's very hard to kind of take your hands off the wheel and let her be the mother. You still want to get in there and be bossy or have it your way or tell her how you think she's wrong and you know better. I can remember the first time that I ever did a workshop around healing your past and I I was starting healing my past from age 20 because everything up to them was perfect (laughs) well I absolutely believed that I truly was sprouting it that I had the perfect childhood there's nothing to heal there yeah 
And I, be- I honestly believed it. I was not trying to pretend anything. I was not trying to portray myself as something I wasn't. I genuinely, deeply believed I that. think I did too. And I never realised that till you said that, Jane. But right. I, I was the same. I didn't know how to look at my actual parents in any depth. I just assumed they were nice, normal, high-functioning people and I was lucky and it was a good childhood. That's exactly how I was Full as stop. well. Absolutely, that every one of my needs was met and opportunities were given and blah, blah, blah. Um, now, my beautiful mum and dad, well, dad won't be listening to this, but hey, mum clicks on every now and again. This is, I just want her to know that this is not a dig at her. This is every single family. It's how it is. And this is why we've got to get real and get to the truth because otherwise it is distorted, which actually leads me to the affirmation. Beck, what was the affirmation I read again? Oh, hang on. There we go. My current state of mind dictates my past. Okay, so there was a study done in the States by a psychotherapist who was researching first dates. Now, I know I've moved into dating, but this is going to come right back to families. So she, I don't know how many thousands of people, but she interviewed people immediately after their first date, separate, they weren't together, and she asked them how was the first date and documented it. Now, this study was done over 20 years 20 years later, she contacted all of those who were still in, who formed a relationship, a long-term relationship, and she then re-interviewed them and asked them the same question, what was your first date like? Now, it was very, very clear. The answers that came back were those who ended up in a long-term relationship were still together, married or whatever, living together, and happy. They, all of them said The first date was amazing. It was love at first sight. Now, those who had had a long-term relationship and ended up divorced, toxic, or still together but in a toxic relationship said that the first date, the warning signs were there and they should have listened to them. Now, it was something like, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was high 90s. When she went back to the original answers after the very first date 20 years ago, the high 90% said it was a nice first date. When she said, do you think this is love at first sight? No, it's not. Are there any warning signs that this could not be a good um, relationship for you? No, no warning signs. It was just a nice date. Now, there's been a lot of other studies done as well, but I want to use this one because this is the one I know best. What this has proven is that our brain actually changes our past memories to support where we currently are at. So if you are in a steep and deep fast development, a self-development journey and you are looking at family dynamics or you're looking at triggers, toxicity, feeling like the square peg in the round hole and you're exploring the family dynamics, you will too be changing your past stories to support where you are currently at. We gather the evidence to support whatever it is we are currently doing every single time. Jane's ranting. Am I? Well, no, you're kind of ranting. I didn't swear. No, but it's very powerful. It's, <laughs> well, very... it's because I truly believe this. I truly do. In fact, one of the first public talks I ever did was about creating, creating your own reality mm. because... We distort it all the time. So until you get truthful, you will believe that you are truthful 
such as my story, that I had perfect, nothing negative at all. Well, I did have negative. My negative was that I was highly sensitive and I was really hard to be around. And I felt ashamed of that. But my brother, who's also highly sensitive, doesn't remember any of that. We would give two totally different stories. And yet it's both of the truth or neither of the truth. It doesn't really matter. It's where you're at. And that's why I feel it's so important that when you are exploring people that you love, even when it's hard to love them, you need to be delving into the compassion and empathy of what they've gone through so that you can continue to join your dots, heal your past, but do it with love and connection. And I want to say that I am living proof that you can shift a dynamic with somebody without even dealing with them directly, just by doing your own healing on your own self. I've had, I can't name them, but two of the closest figures in my life respond to me differently because I changed my own vibrational story, belief, approach, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, whatever I did, um, it changed, it rippled out into reality and they turned around and acted differently to, to me. And That's have so beautiful. Consistently continued to do it's so. It's very powerful. It's amazing. Now, there's a lot of chatter in spiritual healing circles about um, what they call things like going back through your DNA, DNA clearing, clearing on different family levels, clearing on cellular levels, which is this idea that if if you have an emotional block that's showing up that you're wishing to release, that it could be something that is imprinted down through many generations of a maternal line or a paternal line. And some healing systems go into quite a lot of detail with that. So that may interest you if that's if you're looking to do some healing today. I actually just saw a quote, oh, just in the last 48 hours, and it's a feminist quote. It's something about every woman that heals herself here and now heals 30 generations of women behind her and 30 generations of women before her. Wow. It's fascinating, isn't it? And it does have to do with that idea of interconnectedness and of of the larger ecosystem of ever-moving, flowing, interconnected energy that we all are in this big sort of melting pot. Um, Now, in um, California, there's a fascinating system developed called the Family Constellation Therapy System. I don't know enough about it to know if it's if it's available around the world. Maybe it is, but I know that they have an institute in Northern California where this has been created um, by a man named what is his name? Um, is it Bertold? Bert Hellinger. Now I'm going to read the quote from the website because this sums up quite quite beautifully. It says, "Children seldom or never dare to live a happier or more fulfilling life than their parents." Unconsciously, they remain loyal to unspoken family traditions that work invisibly. Family constellations are a way of discovering underlying family bonds and forces that have been carried unconsciously over several generations. So, so, and I, because I know a woman in California who's gone and done this, and you know, she she says it's very powerful. It's like a three dimensional group process that you sort of go in and you shift all of this stuff through generations. And and Bert Hellinger, who founded it, he studied and treated families for more than fifty years, and he just observed like that many of us unconsciously take on destructive familial patterns of anxiety and depression and anger and all of those things that we know, which is why we get those clusters. That's right, and even illness 
as a way of belonging in our families. Right. Right. So so where does that fit in where, like I'm always saying to my children, you know, you are to surpass me in whatever area. Mm. I, I want you to be the better version of what of you. Well, that's not the better version of me, not that ego thing of these are my little Yeah, but you you're know, spiritually copies. open and consciously aware. This is for this is for people who've grown up in really sound asleep families. You know, I mean okay. see, and this is what I've been having a few passionate conversations about this lately with I've recently observed friends of mine who have teenage children see my children are only five and seven at the moment so I'm still in the in the little ease early early primary sort of age my friends who are spiritual and cool and switched on and conscious and intelligent high IQ high EQ high SQ watching them speak to their teenagers fascinates me but it also almost saddens oh, me. Oh, you wouldn't have wanted to hear me speak to my daughter this morning. No, no, but you know <laughs> what I mean, Jane. Those daughters have had 15 years of being bathed in spiritual consciousness by you and they are really different human beings because of it. The way I speak to my seven-year-old son about concepts that I couldn't grasp until maybe two years ago and he totally gets it. Yeah. He totally gets it. And there's a part of me that's almost sad that thinks, do you know that no adult spoke to me spiritually or emotionally until I was well over 20 years of age? I can say that hand on heart. Through my whole childhood, I had very loving parents, but they were very just old-fashioned and very caught up in their lives. And in, they almost put me in a Victorian nursery where I was very sealed off from the world. And they did that to protect me, and it did a wonderful thing. It gave me a really beautiful childhood. I was able to get lost in a lot of imagination, and that's made me who I am. The downside to that is I had no real bounce-off or interplay with real-time happening, raw, emotional life at all. And I miss pop culture completely. And I miss arguments and I miss passion and I miss wildness and I miss messiness and I miss a lot of things that is life. And I also miss deep, true, passionate conversations because they were not shown to me by my parents or by their friends who were very sort of doctors and lawyers and accountants having dinner parties and having this very sort of where children didn't sit at the table. Children weren't invited or yes. went to the table outside. And I look now at the way people talk to their kids and Excites me so much. And I read a scientific thing um, this week that said scientists have discovered that one of the best, most open-minded conversations you can ever have with another human being is a three- to four-year-old, if you do it with a three- to four-year-old, because a three- to four-year-old's brain is so plasticity, like so malleable and bendable and open that they can actually discuss any topic with you with no, with no like, blocks or judgment or agenda or rigidities. They're just wide open. Fantastic. You could talk physics. You could talk angels. You could talk just anything that's common sense, and they'll go along with you for that conversation. Now, I don't know how much they'll understand it, but it's that beautiful approach that they've got that wide-open curiousness still in them that they can really take on just about any subject But isn't it matter. also that up to the age of seven, they're still very, very much connected to the other side? Well, that too. And then it's when they enter the education system or through the family uh, conversations that, you know, oh, it's your imagination and everything shuts down. Yeah, absolutely. A bit absolutely. of all of that, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, it, it's just such a fascinating concept. Yeah. Um, so I just think... If you want to approach issues in your family, there's a few different ways that you're going to have to look at it or that you can look at it. You can certainly go into past life regression because a lot of us bring through a lot of stories with the people that we're with. There is a lot of charge. It's undeniable. You know, maybe you and your brother have always been at loggerheads since you were kids. You know, maybe you've never really trusted or liked your sister. Maybe you've always had um, a funny sort of a charge on something between you and dad or you and grandpa, whatever it is. And a lot of that can be 
thorns in the side that we've brought through with us from stories that we you know finished but we've picked up picked up where we last left off and sort of you know on we go um some of it is purely environmental it's sort of that nature nurture argument about stuff that literally did go down in childhood and how you as an adult now choose to process that and that's where the real power in today's discussion lies doesn't it Jane? well and i think that we can't go any further without mentioning inner child therapy yes go go for it absolutely which um again god I've mentioned lorraine webb a couple of times lately um she is the queen of, in my opinion, uh, and you can contact her through the Adelaide uh, Healing and Energy Centre. However, there's loads of books, there's lots of court, there's all sorts of stuff out there now about inner child. Um, but it is acknowledging. So, for example, if you're always fighting with your sister, it's two children fighting. But remember that any fight that you are having is always a competition for who's got the biggest victim story. Mm. So that is going to happen with siblings. That is going to happen with parents. Well, parents is more likely going to be a power thing of I'm being heard or I'm not being heard, but it's still a victim story and it's still an inner child thing. So my mum and dad can still reduce me down to a very angry seven-year-old in 0.1 second if they choose to, no matter how much work I've done. So that is part of part of how it's meant to be. But all it's saying is that I've not healed that part. You know, there's still more in the inner child to work on. Do you know, there was a beautiful sculpture done at this year's Burning Man Festival, and I'm going to find the image and put it up under this show on Facebook. And it's it, it's a sculpture of two adults sitting back to back with their arms crossed like they're in a huff and having an argument where they've turned away from each other. But on the inside of their bodies are two little toddlers standing up and reaching out to touch hands. Wasn't that beautiful? Have you seen that? It's absolutely and gorgeous. it's just a picture is worth a thousand words because it does show how every single one of us in some way, shape or form in our childhoods would have had experiences where the little the little kid, when we were a little kid, we did not receive basic emotional wants and needs for some reason or another. And it's your job and responsibility as an adult and a soul to identify what is lacking and has been lacking all those years, the, the sort of basic things you never learned. Maybe it was how to, what it feels like to get attention or what it feels like to have quality time given to you or what it feels like to be heard when you speak or whatever those, those emotions are. And it really is your responsibility to figure out now as an adult how to give that back to yourself and don't look outside you. Don't date men or women who are basically replaying mum and dad's toxic roles back at you. Get more conscious than that. Really take on the ownership that if you're lacking a feeling in your life, you're not going to get it from a shopping mall, from a husband, from a girlfriend, from a pair of new shoes, from a Facebook like. You've got to learn how to find the vibration of it emotionally and put it inside your body and fill up your own love tank consistently and reliably yourself. Beautifully said. And we actually have got a uh, podcast on Inner Child. Mm. Is it is it just called that, Beck, or is it? I can't remember. It was so long ago. I know that we talk about it in the extreme art of self-love, which I think is about episode 23 or something like that, so you can find that on our website. Use the search bar in yeah. lovelifeshow.com. Yeah. My current state of mind dictates my past. So as you all know, we're going to be on the Gold Coast on the 24th of September. We hope you've gotten your tickets. There's still time to get them from the Gold Coast Arts Centre if you want to come and see our 200th episode live with us on stage presenting to you. Um, in the Which meantime, you can do online, by the way. You can go to their website and oh, click yeah. on it online. Yes. It's sorry. It's Don't it. have to actually physically walk into the no, no, Arts Centre to get it. <laughs> Google it. You'll find the link. Because um, we've got somebody coming from Thailand, I think, and so... She is not going to be walking to the art centre to get her ticket. 
blankets. No, no, nothing. This is a global world now. Nothing's going to hold you back. You can come in your spaceship if you need to. You can you can drop in through. Bring te- your broom. Come through we'll have a broom for them to be stacked in. I know, right? <laughs> the broom closet. <laughs> Leave your skeletons there as you yeah, skeletons in the closet. All right. So um, if you want to contact the show and give us feedback, if you want to ask questions that we could maybe cover off in an episode, just maybe go to our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. That's how most people send us their their sort of topic ideas or show requests you can also go to our website lovelifeshow.com we've got an email contact form there as well so either way you can do that and of course jane and i are always here for your more tailored individual one-on-one sessions if you really want to explore something in depth particularly if it is a family topic like we've discussed today some of those topics are very deep and very complicated and really need a good 30 to 60 minutes of sitting down and chewing through mm. as an individual one-on-one so jane and i are always here for that just and we can help them get to the truth yeah but down to those real emotions that sometimes it's very hard to see our own stuff but another person and an intuitive and someone who's trained with these skills can really go in and help you dig to to isolate find them and then give you the uh, solutions for healing them so until this time next week have some fun looking at your family through a different lens and challenging where you show up on that with your own values and self-beliefs life is perfect i'm not trying it's just happening and it's a beautiful day